before the beginnings began. Before the beginning of beginnings. Think about this for a moment. If you can put on your thinking cap for a second, there was, uh, I almost wanted to say there was a time, but it doesn't even, you can't even use that language. Here's the right way to say it. Before there was space, before there was matter, before there was time, before there was anything, there was only God. If you can try to rewind your brain into eternity past, there, there was, there was a, a space and a time, even before there was space and time, when only God existed. And he filled the fullness of everything. There was nothing except God eternally existent. He always has existed. He always will exist. And he exists independently. If you have a question, let's chat after. Write it down so you don't forget it, okay? He has always existed. He was never created. He always was. And he has been there forever. God is eternal. And that's really important because God himself is the foundation of all truth and his eternality, the fact that he has existed forever means that there is no truth outside of him. There is nothing that can be known apart from his existence. Think about it. The world in which we relay truth to one another is the created world. But there was a time when this created world didn't exist and what precedes it is God himself because he existed forever, which means he comes before any truth. He is the source of all truth. Truth is real because an eternal God exists. Not only is God eternal, but the second big truth about God is that God is the creator. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This God, this being who has existed uncreated in perfect glory for all eternity, he decided of his own sovereign will to make everything out of nothing. This is not just a God who's existed for a long time, but this is a God who is the source of all things that exist. And when you go on to read the narrative of Genesis, you will see that by the very power of his spoken word, he is able to make everything seen and unseen leap into existence from non-existence. You and I don't have any category for what this is like. We can build things and we can create things, but the only power that we have is to take existing materials and rearrange them so that they look like something else and they have a new function. God's creative ability is way more foundational than that. God spoke into nothingness and he made everything exist by the power of his voice. God is the creator And as the creator, he is in charge. When you create something, when you make something, even we know this as sort of a human right, when you make something, you are in charge of it. It is yours. And when God made the whole universe by the word of his power, he established himself as the authority over all of it. So you see, Truth is real because God exists. 
And because God exists, and because he is the eternal creator, he is both the source and the standard of all truth. So here's what I'm telling you. If we are going to have a standard of truth, if we're gonna have a measuring stick by which we can evaluate what is true and what is not true, here at Hume, New England, summer 2022, we must have God in his rightful place if we have any hope of knowing what is really real and what is truly true. Our starting place, our foundation has to be God himself. God is the foundation of all truth. And if you're gonna build a life of truth, if you want your existence to be in harmony with reality, your foundation, the concrete, the rock underneath your feet, it has to be God first. God is our starting point. God is our reference. God himself is the source of all truth. One of the biggest problems with the idea of relative truth is that you and I, and I would say especially you, your generation, and the voices that influence you, and the things that you hear, and the messages that you receive, you are taught to believe that the way that you determine what is true is by looking internally to what you think and what you feel. So this is how you're taught to navigate the world. You are taught to look inside yourself to see and observe the things that you feel and the things that you think and then to build your existence upon those subjective realities, upon what you think and what you feel and then you build your life from there. Now listen, that would work if you were God but you're not, so it doesn't. Your thoughts and your feelings, make no mistake, they are important, and they tell you something about how you should live your life, but they do not determine what is real and what is true. God does. And so if your thoughts and feelings are out of sync with what God has revealed, it is your thoughts and feelings that need to change, not God that needs to change. Does that make sense? So rather than navigating the world and saying, well, God couldn't be like that because that offends me or that hurts me or I don't think that makes sense. If truth is objective and God is real, that's no way to build a life because it actually doesn't matter what you think or feel about objective truth. It is objectively true regardless of what you think about it. And so our goal this week is to actually bring our thoughts and our feelings in line with what is objectively true because God has revealed it. And when we do it, our lives will be blessed. There is a God, and it's not you or me. It's the God of the Bible. It's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is Yahweh, and he himself is the truth. He is, he's existed for all time. He is the creator, and his character is perfect. It is unchanging. It is reliable, and it is true. He is the truth. Now, all that we've just talked about, that truth is real because God exists. This can make the truth seem like something that is very far away, right? It makes the truth feel big 
and transcendent and distant because God is so huge and he's existed forever. So that must be way off in the distance and far away from me, right? No. This is the good news of our second big truth about truth. It's this. Truth is not only real because God exists, but truth is relatable because Jesus lives. Truth is relatable because Jesus lives. You ever heard that word relatable? We say this, right? Like this is a full-on phrase right now. Whenever you hear someone say something or you see something on social media and you say, ah, relatable, what do you mean by that? What, what we mean when we say that is that what is being said is not just a distant reality, but it's actually something that intersects my life. I have an experience that accords with that, or I have felt that feeling, or I have thought that thought. It's relatable. It actually relates to me. And the truth, objective truth about who God is and the way the world is and who you are, objective reality is not just a way out there thing. It's a very near thing, and it's a thing that you, as a junior hire from New England, you can relate to the truth. You can interact with the truth. It's not something that is hidden from you or distant from you. It is something that is near to you because Jesus is alive, because Jesus exists. You see, the truth is not something irrelevant to your life. Maybe you're 11 years old. Maybe you're 13 years old, and you're thinking to yourself, this sounds very academic. What does this have to do with my life? This probably sounds like something like some philosopher or some scholar should be worried about, but I'm in seventh grade, man. Come on. What does this have to do with my life? And I'm just here to tell you that the truth is not something for someone else to worry about. The truth is something for you to interact with. You see, it's not by accident that the Gospel of John, where we are going to spend our entire week, the Gospel of John begins with words that perfectly echo the beginning of the Bible, the book of Genesis. John 1.1 tells us this. It says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. This concept of the word, the reason it's capitalized is because it's talking about a person and that concept of the word, it means the reason of God, the logic of God, the communication of God. This is the word that has existed in the beginning with God and the word that was God. So, spoiler alert that we're gonna find out in just a second, the word is Jesus. The word is Jesus, if you can believe it, before his name was Jesus. Before he existed on planet Earth in a human body, The word is who Jesus was in eternity. That's his nature. And here we learn three amazing things that I want to tell you just briefly. Number one, Jesus existed eternally with God. That's what this is telling us. So when it says in the beginning, you're supposed to think of Genesis. You're like, oh, great, John, I read the book of Genesis and it told me before the beginnings began, God And John, when he comes along to write his gospel after the life of Jesus, he says, in the beginning, so that you'll be thinking about the eternal God, and then he says, the word. So this word, who we're going to find out is Jesus, this word was eternally existent with God. Now this should like blow our minds a little bit, because in eternity past, 
forever ago, before Jesus had a human body, he existed with God in eternity, and he has existed forever. The second person of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Word and the Son are the same person. He's existed forever with God. Number two, this is a bit of a a, a brain boggler, he is distinctly different from God. So it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. This means that there is a distinction between God and the Word. They are two different persons. Now, we don't have a lot of time to unpack this truth, but this is the reality. This is, this is kind of our a big glimpse into what we call the triune God, the triune nature of God, that God is not unidimensional, that God is not one thing in simplicity, that God is three persons with one nature, Father, Son, and Spirit, like we just said. And so this tells us that the Word, the Son, he was separate from God. He was distinct from God. And yet the third thing we learn is that he is completely divine just like God. So keep in mind, this is Jesus. He has existed for all time with God, and yet he is distinctly different from God, but he is completely divine, just like God. And the reason is that he is God. The only way you could ever say that Jesus existed for all time with God and that he shares the character of God exactly is if Jesus is God, and he is. Now, why does all of this matter? It matters because of this. The second person of the Trinity, the word of God, he did not spring into existence when he was born in a manger in Bethlehem, what we celebrate in Christmas. Jesus did not begin to exist at Christmas. What happened at Christmas was that the eternal God, the Son, the Word, he took on human flesh and he entered into our story. Have you guys ever seen a Marvel movie? Ever seen a Marvel movie? So you know... I know he, he died a few years ago, Rip, but Stan Lee, the creator of Marvel, for many, many years, in every single Mar- Marvel movie, he had what's called a cameo. You've seen these scenes, right, where like the movie is progressing and then all of a sudden, just randomly, there's one little shot of like an old guy and he interacts with the characters. Now here's what's going on there. Stan Lee, the one who wrote Marvel, who created it, the very author of the story, enters into the story as a character in the thing that he created. And that is what is going on when Jesus takes on human flesh. When Jesus becomes a human, here's what we're seeing. We are seeing the author of all existence step into the story that he wrote as one of the characters to be a human and to walk among us and to live like us. And here's the reason that that matters. Here's the reason that that matters because it means truth. It means God is not way out there where in a place where we are unable to communicate with him or talk to him or know him or experience him, it, it means God is not way out there. It means God is very close to us, that God has come near to us because he wants us to know the truth. And this is how John says it 
In John 1 verse 14, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory. This is such good news for us, guys, because God is so big and God is so eternal that if we were left on our own, we could never figure him out. We could never reach high enough to get to him. We could never expand our minds big enough to understand him, and God knew that we needed him. And so what he did was instead of making us try to come to him, which we could never do, he came to us. And he came to us with his very own son, the Lord Jesus. The God of the universe entered into humanity through the person of Christ so that he could meet our needs and help us to know him. And this Bible verse ends by telling us this. We've seen him and we've seen his glory. Glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is full of grace and truth, and this is such good news for us. Jesus is full of grace because he gives us gifts from God that we do not deserve and could not earn. And I would say one of those primary gifts that he gives to us is he helps us to know the truth. Jesus is full of grace and he is full of truth. And here's what that means. This is critically important for all the time we're gonna spend together this week. When we look at Jesus, we see a perfect representation of reality. Here's what is so important and so momentous about this. Truth is relatable because Jesus lives. You see, the truth is far more than just a list of facts, right? Sometimes I think when we think about the truth, we sort of think like, there must be some spreadsheet somewhere in the universe, maybe just in God's mind. There's a spreadsheet that contains all the information about the universe, and if I just had access to that spreadsheet, I would know all the truth. If I just had all the facts. But truth is more than that. Truth is not just a list of facts. Here's the amazing reality for us today. Truth is a person. Truth is someone, get this, truth is someone you can talk to. His name is Jesus. And he came near, full of grace and truth, so that you could know what was true. And here's why this is so important, because I know, I know that many of you come into this room and you're carrying burdens. Maybe you feel guilty. Maybe you feel trapped. Maybe you feel alone. Maybe you feel stuck. Wherever you are and whatever burdens it is that you carry this week, this is what Jesus says in John chapter eight. He says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And it'll be on the screen here. And it says, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus came to this earth so that you could know the truth, and so that you could be set free. And that's my prayer for us this week, as we spend time in God's word together, that we will know the truth and that it will set us free. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for how good and kind you are to us. 
thank you for revealing the truth to us. God, thank you that you have not left us alone to wonder what is true, but you have clearly spoken through your word and through your son, and you have revealed what is true. God, I pray that you would give us minds to understand and hearts to believe what you have said is true. And I pray even this week, we would experience the promise you made that we would know the truth and that it would set us free. Set us free from guilt, set us free from sin, set us free from shame, set us free from all that holds us down and bring us into relationship with you, our creator and our father and our God. Lord, show us the truth this week, we pray, in the name of the one who is truth, in the name of Jesus. If you can agree with that, can you say amen? Amen. Thank you, Nick. My friends, I am really excited as we continue to dig in to this theme of truth. There's a couple questions I want to leave you with before you leave this building here. And the first question is, do you believe that God is our source of truth? And if not, what's stopping you from believing that? And the other question I have for you is, why is it that when we get to live in this truth, what is the freedom that we're receiving in that? And so in just a minute, I'm gonna dismiss you guys from this building, and you're gonna go back to cabin times. So find your counselor before you leave so you know where you're headed. And there's a couple things I wanna challenge you guys with cabin time. Is it, it would be really easy to go back to our cabins and start talking about what's next and recreation and maybe you fall asleep in your bunk. But what I really wanna encourage you guys during this time is to talk. If you have more questions from what we learned in chapel, if you're not sure about something Nick said, or if you wanna go back to the passages in the Bible that he talked about, I really want you guys to spend the next like 30 minutes talking about what we just discussed. And it's really easy when we get into this time to be quiet and not respond or like give the easy answer of like every time your counselor answers a question or asks a question, you just say like Jesus is the answer, right? But what I want to challenge you guys with during this time is to actually ask questions and to dig into what we're talking about because it's easy to be worried about what your neighbor is thinking or your friends or like maybe they're going to think I'm dumb if I ask this question. But I can almost guarantee you, if you guys have a question that you're wondering about, someone else in the room probably has that same question. And so I want you guys to be bold and to ask questions and to really understand. So that way when we come back later, you're not left wondering about something Nick said on stage, but we can keep going in this part of the Bible and in this idea of truth. So you guys are dismissed. You'll head off to cabin time, and we'll see you guys for chapel. Thank you. And I was an outcast in grade school, outblasting my outcast. And now I pass, I'm running to catch a route pass. Give me a pen and a pad, I'm trying to outlast all of my idols. American in the foreign arts. Before the foreign cars and the born bars, money, 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 sex, drugs, and the foreign arts. All this kidding, but where the body's at? All this money, where the Bugatti's at? But dig a little deeper and you find another insecure man sitting in a two seater. The same little boy that got beat up. 
plenty of pains in his past you can bring up. Nobody ever told him that he could be more than he is, but aside, he's a leader. Yeah, I didn't know who was inside me either. Striving to be the captain, hoping I could date a cheerleader. Trying to get me a throne on my own so I could put my feet up. Thank God my kingdom was overthrown by the soul redeemer. Yeah, anomaly. Deviation from the common rule. Something or somebody that's abnormal and doesn't fit in. I say that's exactly what we are. We are the odd, the outcasts, the peculiar, the strangers. And they say, we don't fit in. But I say we are exactly who God created us to be. Anomalies. The system didn't plan for this.
How you doing?
check, check, check. Now you can fly. Oh, little man. Huh? Oh. Oh, little man. Where do I go if I can't find my way? There has to be a place for me. It was, didn't feel so far away. <laughs> Can I help you? Are you lost? Scheme. Question, rather. Pardon me. I don't know. Mad skill. Okay. So sides. Are you ready for recreation? Come on, guys, get on your feet. <laughs> Run through it like it's real. Run through it like okay. it's real. Wow. <laughs> look at over here. We have all the all the blue jerseys. You guys look good. You guys look real good. Yeah, they look at that. Look good. Um, what do we got going on over here? We got some orange jerseys. Okay, okay. Not good as good as the blue, here. but still pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Who here has done recreation before? Raise your hand if you've been to Hume before. Wow. Okay, so we have some veterans. Who has never been to Hume before? Raise your hand. We have some first-time Humers. All right, well, if you guys don't know what we're doing right now, what's going on, then let's explain it. We're doing a little something called recreation. And what 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 is recreation? <laughs> um, we should probably tell them who we are first. We can't just oh, come up here. Oh, that's a good and, point. Like just great recovery, babbling. great recovery. Who are you? Okay, uh, my name's Luke, and if you can't tell, I'm wearing a blue jersey, which means I'm in charge of the team we call Lunars. And I am Sid. And I'm wearing an orange shirt because I'm in charge of the team called the Solars. Oh. Uh, for my two referees, Gang. just make sure when you direct them in, blue on this side, orange on that side. All right. Oh, word. So uh, my Lunars are definitely ready. My Solars are ready to light it up. Understandable. Woo! Understandable. I know that my lunars are ready to get crazy. <laughs> I hope your lunars brought your sunscreen because they're about to catch these solar rays. Oh, yeah? Well, I know if you're a lunar, that means the wolves are out. G can I get a, a woo?
So, if you guys don't know, recreation is a competition we're going to be doing all week long. All week long. And during this competition, you're going to be doing a bunch of different things to get points. And at the end of the week, you get something, if you win, that we call the, the Camp, Camp Champ T-Shirts. <laughs> Let me tell you, this week, this year, they may be the coolest Camp Champ Tees I've ever seen. They're pretty awesome. They're pretty awesome. You're going to want one. Who thinks they're going to win the Camp Champ Tee? Wait, Luke, we should probably tell them there's a few different ways to get points throughout the week. It's not just oh. games. It's not. So they get they get points in a couple different ways. That's a good point. What's, What's the number one? The first way. Okay, the first way is games. Games. You guys are going to be competing in games all week long. And if you get the best mm -hmm. scores during the games, you get a lot of points. A lot of points. But there's other ways. What's what's the second way they can win points? Another way that you can win points. Are you all ready? Cabin cleanups. You guys already did it this morning. You know how it works. Those cabin cleanup points will definitely give you a chance to win the champ tee. And there's one more? The third. The third one. The most important way mm -hmm. is a little something we call memory, memory verses. <laughs> if you guys memorize those memory verses, they are worth the most points. I've seen teams lose because they don't do memory verses. Mm -hmm. And we've seen teams win because they do memory verses. That could be the difference between a W and an L this week, you guys. It's but true. whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Do you, have, do you have like a little friend that just got back from the moon or something Oh, that could help them out? Yes, yes. If you guys weren't uh, sure based off of the jerseys, the theme for recreation this week is space. So we have Outer a little space. We have sent astronauts into the great beyond. Look at how cute he is. Look at him. Look at the little guy. He just Isn't got he back. He's jet lagged. We have a bunch of astronauts who are doing research all throughout camp. And if you find these astronauts, you can do something uh, for recreation points. You bring them to us mm -hmm. during a game. Let's say, should we just do for points? I feel like it's easier. Do you want to just do for, for points? Yeah, I think the other way is kind of complicated. complicated. It'd just be easier. If you find these guys, you will bring them to us. How much if are they worth? I don't know. Oh. We'll just say for points. Okay. But we'll we'll figure it out later. Okay. It's been so hard for me to remember Andromeda. Ah. All right. So I bet you're curious. We're wearing jerseys, but there's actually four teams. What are they called? We have four teams. They are for the Lunars. There's two teams. Right. One is Equinox. The Ooh. second is Zenith. Oh, and for my Solars, my first team are the Cosmos, and my second is Andromeda. Andromeda. <laughs> Andromeda. I know. She's making the, the things. We're gonna it, we're gonna say what they are first, and then put them on the screen. All right. So if you were on Equinox, what's up? The, on the, yeah, for, yeah, that works. Yeah. No, that's perfect. <laughs> Let there be freedom. Oh. Step out of the shadows. Step out of the grave. 
Break into the wild. And don't be afraid. I don't know this song. What is this song? I don't know. I don't know it either. All right. So if you're on Equinox, that means you are in Oak 4, Hickory B, Lakeview 7, and Pineview 6. Let me hear it for the Equinox. <sighs> the next team is Zenith. If you're on Zenith, that means you're in the cabin. Pineview 1, Pineview 7, Oak 4, and Hickory Lower. And if you're in the Cosmo team, you're in cabins, Lakeview 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9. And if you're on Andromeda, you are in a list of names I don't know yet. Excellent. All right. Let me hear it for the Equinox. Let's hear it for the Cosmos. Where am I Zenith at? Andromeda's. Give me some noise. Give me some sugar. <laughs> Make some noise. All right, guys. I bet you want to know what games we're playing today. I definitely do. You do? I want to know. Should we tell them? Yeah, let's tell let's them. Let's tell them. Yeah. The first game we have is a game we call Ready, Ready Set, Set Pose. How this game works is there will be three lines, three lines made in the field. You will have 10 players per team line up on those lines. We will tell you which line to run to and what pose to strike. The last person to strike the pose on that line is out of there. Should we show them our three poses? Oh, yeah. What are our Should three poses? Okay. First one is moon landing. Oh, oh, we come in peace. We come in peace. Everybody go like this. That's oh. pose number one. That's pose number two is moon landing. Excellent. You got it? It and wasn't fake. It was real. <laughs> and the third one is a pose we call fallen star. Or shooting star. Shooting star. <laughs> fallen star. The dawn star that fell. Lucifer. <laughs> uh, falling star. Shooting star. Shooting star. All right. What's the next game we have? The next game is a game we, we call Dizzy Golf. How's that one work? All right, you guys. There's two ways that you can receive points for Dizzy Golf. One is being the first team done, and two is hitting the spheres into designated areas that have point values on them. And how you're going to do this is there's going to be lines of six people from each team, single file, and the first person is going to run up. You're going to have a golf club, and you're going to put your head down on it and spin 10 times all the way around. But your spins will not count if that golf club is not on the ground and your head is not keep on, it on the that ground. golf club. You head on the have golf club. to. Or you're just, have to. You're just going to be spinning. Spinning. Ridiculously spinning a ton of times. Yeah. And so once you spin 10 times, then right away you're going to grab the golf club. There's going to be a sphere right there. And you're going to try and hit it like Tiger Woods to a spot on the field. And we'll show you. Oh, yeah where the spots are. There's going to be plenty points. of points, plenty of points for you to land on. If you get those points, the team with the most points wins. It's that simple. And the final game we have is, is not just for this morning, but also for this evening. We're playing it twice. A championship tournament mm -hmm. of a little game we call 
Eliminator! How this game works. You guys who have been to camp before have definitely <laughs> okay. played it. There will be a r Eliminator rig. You guys are going to try to be the last team standing. It's like tug of war, but four directions. It's pretty awesome. There's going to be a ring in the middle. Anyone who touches the ring or steps into the ring is out. If you let go of the rope, you are eliminated. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that's the final game today. You guys ready to win? Yeah. Where are my lunars at? All right. Is there something we're forgetting? To pray. Uh, right. Yes. What are the teams, like, where, which time, like, which side are they on? Like, Zenith, what does that mean? Okay, uh, Equinox and Zenith are both going to be blue. So we'll introduce, yep. Does that help? Um, 